Call the neighbors and fetch the kids. It's time for Roadworthy Drive, America's premier mobility news and technology talk show. From connected cars to electric planes, Ken and Sasha have the information to keep you well informed. So get ready, get set, and go. Here's Ken and Sasha. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. Welcome one and all to Roadworthy Drive, America's premier mobility news and technology talk show. Ken Chester and Sasha J. Little coming at you full throttle with another week of information and education that will make you a better informed consumer. This hour is dedicated to buying that next vehicle. Over the last month or so, a number of people have sought my help and advice on what to buy and how to buy it. With tax refunds starting to make their way to you, I thought this would be a good time to revisit what you need to know in order to be successful when going through the thoughts Process, process, process. I, I'm here for the comedic relief. Oh, is that I, it? I'm just letting y'all know. I'm here to make sure that those of you that don't necessarily need to get a new car are we're still not, entertained. We're not even talking about new, new or used. New or used, yeah. New to them car. There you go. New to you vehicle. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. You realize that out of 17 million new vehicles, uh-huh. yeah, it's more like 45 to 60 million used vehicles. The right. change hands every year in this country. Okay. Yeah. So chances are there are listeners out there right now that are either looking to trade old Betsy or buy that first car. Trade old Betsy. Uh, yeah. No, it, or, or, or Big Red or whatever you call it. Do you notice? I mean, are you hearing any more of these, you know, push, tow, or pull it no anymore? Thank, no, thank heaven. I, I mean, I, I always thought that those were a little funny. Mm-hmm. Because they're like, we'll give you at least $2,000 for your ride. And I'm for, like, for a ride is going straight to the junkyard. Uh, yeah. And you know that that, you know, 3000 got added on to your sticker price. At least. <laughs> In, anyway, uh, vehicle purchase, finance, and insurance. And we're going to start this process in a few minutes. But first, those of you with questions or comments can be part of the show by calling or texting the Roadworthy Driveline, that number, 872 222 9793. And that number's good, always, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If email is your thing, the address is ken at roadworthydrive.net. Either way, Sasha and I want to hear from you. Also, it was really nice hearing everyone, uh, speaking of people reaching out, using the Roadworthy Drive line to actually post their questions. There you go. Speaking of the weather, folks, please extend a warm (laughs) welcome to my co-host, the gal who brings the sunshine with her everywhere she goes, uh-huh. Roadworthy Drive's crack researcher, Sasha J. Little. There needs to be an applause. We need to have an applause thing go off like right there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm really thinking. You, you, know. you kind of really need that? You, you need that, huh? You need that? I need that in my life. Uh-huh. Well, we'll talk to the suits, see if it's in the budget. I mean, it's free. It's on an open source program. I, I, we'll talk to the suits <laughs> to see if it's in the budget. <laughs> Because, you know, contrary to public belief on TV, uh-huh. not everything is free for free free. For free free free? Yeah, no. I found that out the hard way, by the I, way. I'm just saying. <laughs> that, that free for free free for free 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 ain't necessarily ended up being $89. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> yeah. Enough said. Um, you remember last week we talked about Neo? That's right. And they were talking about uh, creating a whole lifestyle uh, with Neo houses and all that. Yes, yes. The Neo, uh, the the whole Neo experience. Didn't experience. they have like, you know, clubs and everything yeah, else? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Get this. What? They don't plan to build their own cars. 
So are they going to outsource like having? It seems that here's what happened. They were supposed to build a brand new plant in Shanghai. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They thought it would be open 2020, 2021. Uh huh. Now, meanwhile, because they didn't want to wait that long and they wanted to get their name and their product out there, uh, their uh, ES8, which I think is their SUV, uh-huh. uh, they had it built by a state-owned automaker called JAC Motors. Now, the issue now is because of the cost of opening a new plant and because of softening demand in their home country, Okay. they're not going to build a new plant. They're going to keep having JAC keep building their vehicles. But here's the rub. For, while it started up, any losses that JAC incurred in launching the vehicle, uh-huh. Neo had to cover. You know what? That's fair. That's yeah. fair. I, yeah. can, I well, can get that. Yeah. Let me read this to you. Remember, they don't own an assembly plant. That's right. Okay. Their results for 2018, uh-huh. okay, they generated $720 million in revenue. Okay. They lost $1.4 billion. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Double. Oh, yeah. I mean, here's my thing, Mr. Mm-hmm. Mr. Uh, you know, owner, CEO or board of Neo. Uh, if y'all are willing to lose, what was that? One point four billion, billion dollars with a, with a B mm-hmm. as in Z- with no assembly plant, by the way. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I, I have got some student loan debt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> they, they, they were just going to raise money in the stock market. And in their in their financial filings last year. JAC Motors receives a fee for every vehicle that comes off the line. That's in addition to covering any losses. Yeah. Cricket, cricket, <laughs> cricket. Yeah. J- just saying. I mean, if they're willing to lose money and if they're willing to, you know, just throw away money um, in the hopes of it being successful later on, I happen to know a national radio show. Do, that, you, that, do you now? Could use a few dollars? They could use. In the, but <laughs> the, the challenge is with any new startup, uh-huh. it's gonna, you're going to incur a lot of expenses long before you get any kind of profit. That's true. That's very true. I mean, you're going to start with engineering and all sorts of things that are required. Marketing, parts, service, advertising, uh, the engineering, the testing, the validation – all of that is money spent long before the first sale occurs. And I totally understand the value of not encompassing all of that initial startup. So I get why they would continue that relationship with AMC. Uh, uh, JAC. JAC, sorry. Yeah. AMC. Yeah. American. But uh, Long gone. Right? But uh, my thing is, is how do they have a forecast as to when they think it's going to be profitable? Well- they mentioned that there's some things that are outside of their control. That's true. Tariffs. Too. Yeah. Which messed them up. Yeah. Uh, car sales in China dropped for the first time in 30 years. Yeah, but car sales everywhere are dropping. But not like this. Uh, may I read that again? <laughs> Last year, 2018, uh-huh. yeah. car sales in China dropped for the first time in nearly 30 years. But you and I have talked about how car sales, even here in the United States, have dropped yeah, but that we have never had a thirty-year upcycle, ever. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah, not okay. no. Usually in the auto industry in the United States, you're up for, you're down for. This last expansion, we've really overstayed. We're in it about ten years. Yeah, that's true. And we're due. 
Yeah. And that now you're seeing the softening. All the car purchases that were delayed as a result of recession have been filled. All the vehicles that people want to buy, the pickup trucks, the SUVs, that have been pretty much filled. And now you're seeing a general softening of the marketplace. And they point to a few others. Uh, the consensus is they suspect that Neo may be another Faraday future. Oh, no, 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 no. And, and they mentioned our, our pals over at Lucid. Oh. Lucid looked for a year before they got that big money from uh, Saudi Arabia. And they're yeah, but- in the process of building a own factory. And let me tell you something. A billion dollars is a down payment. Yeah, that's like small cheese money. No, you're going to need at least if you're going to be if you are going to sell cars, yeah. even the way that even the way that Lucid wanted to do it. Lucid said, we're going to start small. We're going to build 10,000 our first year and work up yeah. over about five or six years. Yep. Even to build 10,000 units. Uh, with all the startup costs and all the verification and getting your factory up, yeah, a billion dollars, believe it or not, people, is a down payment in the industry. You're going to need at least two to three times that, minimum. And that's just to get yourself started. So we'll keep an eye out on Neo. This is for you, Sasha. Something for me? Fiat's newest concept, really, Fiat. hold on, is a modular electric car uh-huh. that you can literally endlessly customize can i customize it not to be scared of every single squirrel that happens to pass why, in front why of you, it why you gotta be hating <laughs> they introduced this at geneva and uh-huh. it's they call it the cento venti it's a customizable modular electric car that rethinks many of the norms of automotive ownership yeah. Basically, this vehicle is almost completely it customizable. Is. I mean, I don't want to downplay this because, you know, Fiat is literally a little bit more than a, it's a roller skate, slightly oh, wow. on steroids, wow. 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 that you might be able to fit some Lego people into. Why, why are you hating? My point is, it really, I mean, the concept of this, it's really, really cool. Yeah. When you when you talk about like, and again, I'm a Lego girl, huge mm, Lego fan. Yeah. Um. It literally is when you're building one of these and when they actually took it through like what they were wanting to do with this in the in the long run, you literally get to pick everything. But this is really this is really the front of what I think is coming. Because right, we because of the platforms yeah, because of the platform yeah. is literally a flat roller skate. You can literally put anything on top of it that your heart can desire or your mind can conceive. All Fiat is doing is taking the first steps. Coming up, we start at the beginning of what you should do first before even thinking about hitting the lot. Stay tuned. Roadworthy Drive is a cornerstone of the Roadworthy Drive radio network. Chrysler creates a more powerful laser because the competition is always on our tail and we intend to keep them there. We boost the turbo power. Zero to 50 Laser XE is faster than Toyota Supra. Front wheel drive laser beats Camaro's E28 in the slalom. And Laser XE has advanced electronics, mock cross leather available, and the Chrysler protection plan. Laser XE, the competition is good. We had to be better. Chrysler thanks America with 8.8 annual percentage rate financing for qualified laser buyers. If you're just tuning in, welcome to Roadworthy Drive. And that was James Earl Jones. Leave him alone. That was James Earl Jones. Leave him alone, though. But but that was James Earl Jones. Uh, In case you're wondering, Ken and Sasha, (laughs) we're right here. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks for dropping by. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, this hour. Yes, sir. Sasha. 
Yeah. Is dedicated to what you need to know about buying a new or used car, truck, SUV, crossover, or, God forbid, even a minivan. I don't know why you got to bust out about the fact that I had two blown tires in one day. I didn't even go there. I mean, you kind of did. I mean, kinda you were looking didn't. directly at kinda me. Kind of didn't until you just put it out there. <laughs> now everybody knows. <laughs> Folks, make no mistake. If you haven't purchased a vehicle in the last 10 to 15 years. You're in for a surprise. You may extremely be overwhelmed at what you may find when you actually start looking. And then call me because I'll explain it all out to you. Oh, my. I'm just saying. I'm willing to do that. Sasha, let it go. <laughs> The good news is that the basics still apply. So let's take a review. Like the steering wheel. Oh, my. It's not a glove compartment. No. When buying your next car, step number one, mm -hmm. research, research, research. So you're telling me, like, let's say I wanted to buy, like, the Hyundai Santa Fe. Okay? Mm -hmm. Let's say that I, so I need to actually research what Hyundai means, where the company was no, built. No, no. How it originated. No. How many times it's actually transed over. No. When the Santa no. Fe first went And that's, that's all cute. <laughs> but when it comes to vehicles, most of us are easily seduced by the shiny metal, as you've just heard. Shiny. Yes. <clears throat> Power, features, and desire are strong motivators when choosing. You need to understand something obvious and important. Buying a vehicle is nothing more than a transaction. For most of us, unless you're Sasha, what? it will not make you popular, rich, or even a better person. It would sorry. make me a better person not if I sorry. was driving a Tesla. Uh, no. I'm just saying it, I might have a little bit more compassion for my fellow man and and I might be a happier person. Now let's let's reverse that. Check that. Stop. Reverse it. I would be in a better mood. Mm -hmm. Um and therefore because I am happier, I would be better to my fellow man if I was driving a Tesla. Yeah, we'd like to see those monthly payments to the bank. You wouldn't be so happy. <laughs> I mean, okay. I wouldn't be no. paying for it. Oh well. Just... Folks, first thing you need to look at purpose uh long before you get to the test drive figure out what you want or need like for example how will the vehicle be used how many miles a year will you travel do you have special needs that dictate a particular type of vehicle like maybe your kids are taller or you have a number of kids or a larger family and what are you driving now because a lot of times people are used to a particular style brand whatever mm -hmm. and being Looking for something similar is really the best way to go unless your needs have changed. And can I just put in here, that is actually an excellent point about how many miles a year will you travel. Uh, what I did when I started, because I'm actually in the process of this, I actually set, I paid attention to my tripometer. And I did a weekly, like how many miles I traveled in a week versus how many miles I traveled in a month. Mm -hmm. because I knew I needed to have something that was going to be, I mean, obviously it blew leasing completely out of the water. Yeah, in your case, sure. Yeah. But folks, in, in honesty, while most of us may not be as um, documentary as Sasha with the documents, uh, an approximate amount is fine, but have some idea. Well, I mean, it's, you've doing. got a trip A and a trip B on your right on your options I mean, right it's but not we're talking about hard. per year as opposed to the last two weeks you times it month. by 12 or, you, but or you may not be consistent like that <sighs> second thing cost and this is where people really miss it yeah uh, let's deal with facts how much can you afford it makes no sense yep. to fall in love with a vehicle that is ten thousand dollars more than you can afford in your budget talking about you'll eat baloney and sleep in the thing in order to make the payment i don't understand why you're looking at me i i mean i just want a tesla is that yeah, so not bad? gonna happen there girl <laughs> questions are you paying cash yeah are you gonna borrow the balance do you have a trade-in 
How much of a down payment will you have? Are you going to borrow all or part of the money? And then if so, what is your monthly payment? Now, here's my first tip. And I want you to understand this because this will lead to a rant. Yeah. Never, ever, ever, ever start a conversation at the dealership by giving this information or answering this question. Meaning, well, you know, what kind of monthly payment do you want? Don't ever answer that question. And the reason, the reason why is you could, they'll get you to the payment. Yeah. You may be paying more years than you plan, but they'll get you to the payment. The question is, you don't, until you know what you can afford and what the money is going to be before you get there, you're not ready to have that conversation. And that's actually not a conversation you should be having at first. No. So there, uh, again, research number three, once you have an idea of the type of vehicle you need or want and the price you can afford. And by the way, remember to include the cost of car insurance on top of your monthly car payment, particularly if you're looking at buying a newer car. If you own currently a vehicle that's maybe 10, 15 years old, older, and you're looking at buying either a new vehicle or a vehicle five, six years old, your insurance is going to cost more. Okay. And you need a budget for it. The other thing is when you're doing this research, you also want to make doubly sure that you go out and you actually sit in the vehicle. Like you you just want to tell them you're just shopping, but mm. you want to take whoever is going to be in that vehicle with you to everybody get in the vehicle. Yeah, and let me add this. Uh, since we're talking about that, uh, and you're looking around both online and off the lot, another tip. When you go onto the lot to shop, do it when the dealership is closed. Yeah. Reason, you don't know what you want yet, and you're just looking. And until you get an idea, don't waste your time. And in fairness, don't waste the dealership's time. Because, you know, when you're looking, you may like something, may not. Uh, until you get it down to the top two or three that you're interested in. That's true. You're really wasting time. And you're really not going to have a successful result. Now, I will say this, though. The mm-hmm. last time I was actually looking, I it was a brand that... Um, uh, I think it was Enterprise actually had it. Mm-hmm. I actually went to the Enterprise lot and asked them if I could sit in the vehicle because I didn't want to get pressured by a salesman. I didn't want to waste a salesman's time. I was just seeing what my family could all fit into. And it turned out we couldn't, but they had it. It is an option for you that you could go to a rental place and just ask, can we all sit in this vehicle? Yeah, but even before you get to that, you need to get to a point of, these are two or three vehicles we think might work or that we're interested in. Right, right. Uh, here's a teen car caveat, though. <laughs> if you are shopping for a teen's first car, yep. hear me now, please. Mm-hmm. Do not plan to spend more than $5,000. Amen. Don't spend less than 2500 Hard Ooh. truth, you're looking for a 12 to 15-year-old mid-size American car, not a truck, not an SUV. Why? Low operating cost low insurance cost, and an abundance of used parts. This is the key. It is statistical that your kid is going to gotta scrape, damage, or get into some kind of accident. The best thing you can do is get them enough sheet metal around them that doesn't cost you a whole lot of money and that they can afford to put gas in. Or if they hit you up, that you can afford to give them money to put gas in. My first car was $500. Yeah. But that's crap shoot below $2,500 nowadays. Right. So there's that. Next up, we talk about selection, the test drive, documentation, and inspection. All important. Don't touch that dial. 
facts, real opinions, real talk. You are tuned in to Roadworthy Drive. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. We have you covered when it comes to the latest in mobility news and technology. Who are we, you ask? None other than Ken and Sasha of Roadworthy Drive. Thanks for peeking in. By the way, if you haven't already, be sure to check out our website, roadworthydrive.com. We've got plenty to see there. That's right. We are actually adding more and more every week. That's where you can actually listen to the podcast of Roadworthy Drive. You can stay up to date when, uh, with Wheels of Non-Consent, the ones where I take the cars <laughs> that Ken gets. And we're hoping to start that back up again soon. We are actually hoping to start yeah. that up again soon because, mm -hmm. yeah, S visual. As soon as I can get the charges dismissed. Uh-huh. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? There are no... Uh, anyway. Grand Theft Auto is a felony, Sasha. It was a Hyundai, and I don't understand the problem. Uh, exactly. Anyway... Um, it's also a great place to find out where you can connect with us. Uh, we're on Instagram and Twitter. And, of course, make sure you like us on Facebook. There you go. Now, this hour, we're talking about the finer points of buying a car. Now, two things. Um, Sasha has told me that I, I get a little excited and I got a little loud, so they've asked me. No, I've been told <laughs> to no. tone it down. No shouting into the mic. Uh, I get excited. We, we've noticed. Also. While I'm talking about new and used cars, I'm leaning towards used cars because there's so many more variables, but a lot of this information I'm sharing could apply to a new car as well. So it's not totally irrelevant. If you missed our first segment, you certainly can catch it on our website or our podcast, which you forgot to tell them where you can find us. Oh, that's right. Um, you can find our podcast on Google Play mm -hmm. or, of course, Spotify. No Stitcher? No, you can find us on Stitcher, too. There you go. But Spotify seems to be, like, since we got on there, I mean, mm -hmm. it's been blowing up. There you go. Check us out, folks. Try us. You'll like us. Now, in this segment, we're talking about choosing the vehicle, talking about the test drive, and my most important thing, getting it inspected prior to purchase if it's used. Now, I'm assuming by this time of the process, you've got your list down about three or so vehicles. Now it's time for the test drive. Now you need two things. Now I'm kind of old school, so I'm thinking paper and pencil. But for you techies out there, I realize that you might want to do a voice recording on your smartphone. And either one would work. Yeah. I mean, you want to make sure that you're making like critique notes. Um, what I did for this for the test drive is I literally just set the phone up there on the dash and I hit record. And I basically was talking to myself. Um about the ride as I was riding with it. I was talking with my friend who I took, who is completely, you know, an unbiased person who wouldn't let me get, you know, distracted from what I actually needed versus what was really pretty. Exactly. Yeah. You want to talk about what you liked about it and what you didn't, because if you're trying to remember, you're not going to remember. Yeah. Particularly if you've been out of the market for a while, anything newer, all of them are going to feel awesome and great. And you won't be able to Compare them. And, and don't and take control of that test drive. Do not let the salesperson, you know, try to take over your experience. You're testing this purchase out. And whether you're paying cash for it 
which means that you really need to listen to what's going on with the car or whether you're going to be borrowing money for it. Either case, you really need to pay attention. Yeah. You're on the hook either yeah. way. Yeah, don't let this guy, he knows the car, he's selling the car. Or she. Or she, right, because I used and, to sell and, cars. And here's the thing, a lot of dealerships, particularly in smaller towns, will let you drive it without the salesperson. So it's not always required that a salesperson go with you. I am sorry. I was speaking from a city point of view because I actually sold cars for a dealership in a in a city, uh, and that was not okay. And so have I, actually, in a smaller city, many moons ago. But we're not going to talk about. I was that. about to say, can we talk about? I mean, no. can we talk about when that was? No. I mean, no. Now you're going to want to remember the good and the bad about each vehicle when you compare your notes later. Yep. By having someone with you, they can also help, as Sasha said, point out things. Uh, or share with you questions to ask. Now, before you get serious, after the test drive, if you figured out this is going to be the one or one of the three, always ask to see a vehicle history report always. like Carfax. Always. Carfax is the main one, but they're not the only one. There are others dealers use, but even in a private sale, it is completely okay to expect and or ask for the same type of report from a private seller. It's a snapshot but it gives you the basis of the condition of the vehicle. Mm -hmm. Here's something important. I don't care how shiny it is. I don't care how bad you want it. If they are reluctant or refuse to do so, walk, walk away. away. Run away. Yeah. Run Trust me. away. This report's going to give you a snapshot of the vehicle's history, including mileage, number of owners, any major damage, and often maintenance history since it was new. But remember, at best, it's a snapshot. Yeah. You should still get it inspected, even if you're buying it for your kid or from a private seller. Which means, folks, you want to line up that mechanic that you're going to take that to for the inspection. You want to have that person lined up and make sure that you're arranging your test drives on days that they're available. Or you can arrange it because if you're trying to use the test drive to get the list down, yeah. you're not going to want to take every one of them. Typically, you're going to take the top one or two. That's true. That's because true. you're looking Fair at, enough. if you're taking it to a mechanic who knows current vehicles, in other words, what's going on with all the electronics and transmissions and how sophisticated cars have gotten, yeah. you're going to pay 75 to to $100 for them to go through it and do it right. Yep. The reason why you want to do this is because you want to know, has that vehicle been damaged that wasn't disclosed? Is there something major about to go out, like the transmission's not shifting right? Uh, the engine's not firing on all cylinders, or there's some electrical damage that maybe your test drive didn't uh, point out, or you didn't pick up on the Carfax report. This is why you do it. Never, ever, ever, and I mean ever, buy a used vehicle that you have not had checked out by yeah. a professional. Yep. Because if you're buying from a private sale, here's two words, as is. Anytime you buy a vehicle from a dealer, an independent used car lot, or even a private sale, and they say the vehicle is as is, it means when you drive away, what you see is what you get. And if there's major flaws in there, that's on you. Yep. There, and if they promise you a warranty, here's another thing. Whatever they promise you, get it in writing and my major thing is now that i am on the other side of the table uh if they're speaking it i always tell them write that down please make it well i'm gonna go you one further if it's not on the purchase order if it's not on 
the vi- the, the well the a lot of times what they'll do what they'll do is they'll like insert certain like implications that they would cover it while you're just having a standardized conversation my thing is is that we're not talking sales when we're going around the vehicle that goes later so if he's talking to me and he's like well you know if, if something's wrong with that then we'll we'll but, we'll take care of that later uh you immediately say write that down but here's the thing at the end of the day, if this is the vehicle that you've negotiated for and you're going to you're gonna purchase mm-hmm. and you've had it checked out, it's got to be on that purchase order. The thing you actually signed that you agree to purchase this vehicle at a certain price subject to this information. If it's not on that piece of paper, then it is not true and they are not obligated. That's true. And here's something else, folks. Uh, I keep trying to bring, beat this rumor down. There is no such thing <laughs> as a three-day you can get your money back. Lemon law. No. Yeah, there's no. no, no that's nothing. No. That's not That a only thing. applies if you take delivery at your home. Yep, and it's not done at the dealership. Yeah. So definitely you want to be careful. Last up, finance and insurance. What you need to know. Don't go anywhere. Roadworthy Drive is America's premier mobility news and technology talk show. You're listening to the fourth and final segment for this hour of Roadworthy Drive. If you're just tuning in, we are Ken Chester and Sasha J. Little talking about car buying and what you need to know. Now, in fairness, I've centered in on used vehicles because there are more moving parts, as they say, to the process. If you've missed any part of the hour, you can certainly listen again via our website, which is roadworthydrive.com, or our podcast. Sasha, where can they find us again? They can actually find us on Google Play, uh, Stitcher, or uh, Spotify. There you go. And the other thing is, is that if you have a direct question that we have not covered or that Ken has not covered, or maybe you want a little bit more explained to you, please feel free to read reach out to us either on the Roadworthy Drive line, which is 872-222-9793 or Ken's email, which is Ken at RoadworthyDrive.net dot net dot net. Okay. A few programming notes before we continue. The second of our program will feature the review of the American made 2019 Hyundai Santa Fe Ultimate 2.0 Turbo SUV that I drove a few weeks ago. Love it, love it, love it. Right, which I did not get to drive, therefore have nothing to say about the car, Mm. even though I am a Hyundai girl. So thank you so much. You're very welcome. And Uh of course, again, that grand theft issue we're still working out. So, uh, Hyundai it. likes me. They do, but they want their vehicles back. Well, women. then they should stop making their vehicles so darn good. I got nothing for you. Yeah, yeah. And of course, that popular part of our show, a farm fresh bite of Tech <laughs> with Sasha. You're not going to want to miss it. You're not. We're actually going to expand a little bit on 5G, the good. And now we're going to, or last week we talked about the bad. And mm-hmm. this week we're actually going to be talking about the good. Yeah, with maybe a, with maybe just a we splash have a, of bad. We have a splash of bad in there. Just a splash. He's going to let me just dabble on it. Yeah. If your favorite station doesn't carry our second hour, no worries. Check out the website or our podcast to find out what you have been missing. Now, finance and insurance. Before I get into that, I, I need to back up on one thing. Uh-huh. You may have noticed during this show, during this hour, I have not talked about uh, the actual negotiation process. <laughs> that takes a while. It takes. 
and yeah. I may I may tackle that all by itself in a future show. So I don't want you to think that I ignored it. It's just that we didn't have time to get all of this in here. And with everything else that we needed to cover, I was going to leave that part out and maybe tackle it some other time. Because when you're talking about negotiations, there are tools that are readily available to you as the buyer via a used car purchase or a new car purchase that will let you know whether you're in the right you know, in, in the right uh, and, monetary and, value and so on and so forth. There, there's all kinds of things that go into and, that process. And, and it's is, a show all on its own. And it's prep. Yeah, it's a lot Because if you're not ready, then you don't even know what a good deal is. Yeah, and car buying should not be, ooh, look at that. Let's pull over and look. And all of a sudden, you walk out with that car. And it, then, like, the next week later, you're like, um. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's a question. Did you know? that you could shop for a loan the same way you just shop for a car? Yes. And here's a tip. The best way for you to be in the strongest negotiating position when considering financing is to get pre-approved. Now, why? Because it means you already know what your down payment will need to be, what your monthly payments are going to be, rate and length of term, and more importantly, it gives you the opportunity to perhaps get a better deal from the finance and insurance folks at the dealership. Exactly, because if they know, like if they're controlling all the keys to the locks, they know that, you know, you might have fallen in love with this vehicle. You might need this vehicle. And if they're the ones dangling, well, I can get you this financing if you're willing to go. Da, da, they've got all. If you go in there and say, I'm pre-approved, I've got this check, this is how much I can you know, obviously we talked about don't mention monetary at the beginning. Thank you. Yes. But if you've got that in your hand, it's a whole set okay. of confidence. But let me clarify. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to take the deal. No. But if you're pre-approved, you can, you now have a baseline spec to measure any deal that the dealership may offer you of whether it's better than the deal you got from your bank or credit union. Here's something you need to know. It, did you know? 85% of all car loans are written at the dealership. Which is why the banks are so, like you see a lot of them, especially right now, offering special financing for automotive loans. Mm -hmm. They know that they're missing out on this business. If you go to your local um, uh, bank or what's the other well, one? Credit, credit union. union. Right. If you go to your local bank, credit union, and really shop around, they're going to want your business because they already know they are missing, again, out on 85% of the business. Sometimes. Sometimes. The larger banks are the ones who are usually providing the dealer money. Well, yeah, you're Wells Fargo and stuff. Yeah. But that's why I said, you know, like credit unions. But, but let me throw this out there. Okay. Now, I need to say this. For those of you, kind of like me, that and have me. less than perfect credit, don't worry. A couple of things you should consider before walking on the lot. By visiting your bank or credit union and have your loan officer go over your credit report with you. Now, I'm talking about a bank that you maybe that's where you bank, that you have a relationship already with the bank or credit union. Your loan officer very often will sit down with you and go through your credit report. It's worth doing. Why? Because contrary to what you might hear, there's a lot of information that's either old uh, should have been removed or should have never been there in the first place. Somebody with a name like yours or other things that ended up that are not even pertinent to you that may be related to a family member or something, particularly if you co-signed for something. And by going through your credit report with your loan officer, a lot of times that stuff can get removed just by making a phone call and being aware 
of this information may actually improve your credit score by cleaning it up. So you might even be able to get a better deal. So having less than perfect credit, as they call it, is not necessarily a bad thing. Now, by being armed with your credit score, no matter what it is, will give you a chance to consider options. Reality, you're going to pay a higher interest rate with a lower score. You're going to have to have a larger down payment with a lower score. But a low mileage trade-in in good shape or your ability to put down more will help to mitigate that. But if you know what you're walking into, you have the choice as the consumer. Now, I want to give you a word about insurance. If you're buying a new or late model vehicle and financing it, the lending institution will usually require what they call full coverage on the vehicle. That's everything. Also, a lot of dealerships won't let you drive that vehicle off the lot without proof of insurance first. Now, a little tip from Ken. For a teenager's first car, you can save a lot of money by not getting full coverage. This is going to take a visit to your insurance agent first because you're not going to need all of it. Make sure, though, that when it comes to property damage part of the liability coverage, that you have enough. Why? Because doing the minimum coverage required by law may not be enough, especially if your kid is in a collision with a late model pickup truck, SUV, or luxury vehicle. They, that means you, could be still on the hook for thousands of dollars. It is worth the time to discuss that coverage with your agent before you buy because there are ways that you can look at it that, you know, if you're buying an older vehicle, you don't necessarily need to pay to have that fixed because chances are it's not fixable anyway. Just food for thought. And with that, we've come to the end of the hour. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye, folks. Roadworthy Drive is a copyrighted presentation of the Roadworthy Drive radio network. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or any other use is prohibited without the written consent of Roadworthy Drive Productions Incorporated.